When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan here in Baltimore. And Ravens play the Detroit Lions this weekend. This is a very interesting, maybe scary matchup even, Cordell. Um, The Lions, although I think that a lot of us thought that they were definitely going to be better this year, are on a 5-1 and start. Um, They are really rolling and they look really good um, while the Ravens offensively are still trying to figure some things out. So let's start with the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens against the Lions defense. I don't know um, if you guys care about these types of things. Uh, DVOA has the Lions defensive rank as third overall. Um, against the Ravens' offensive rank as 10th. And it's not because I don't think that the it's, you know, the Ravens definitely have the potential to be better, to be um, higher. But there's just been a lot of miscues, whether it has been um, the execution or lack thereof or the play calling that hasn't been very, um, what is the word I'm looking for? It hasn't been very positive, I guess, in the second half of games. They can't figure out how to be consistent from one half to another. Then coming in um, is the Detroit Lions, who is one of the more sound around teams in the NFL. So when you look at this matchup, Cordell, what is it that you expect the Ravens to try and do maybe differently or – not even differently from an execution standpoint um, to find some success against the Detroit lions. Yeah. I mean, the, the Ravens do start off hot for the most part. Yeah. They do get off to a good start. That that's the good thing. Um, and they're going to have to do that again this week against Detroit. Um, number one, what you got to look at is that pass rush with Aiden Hutchinson. You look at that, that front line. I mean, they, they definitely got some, some guys, up there, Benito Jones in the middle as well, Charles Harris on the other side, outside. Um, but it's that second level that I think helps that with, with uh, 
really brings that front seven group um, into being one of the tougher ones to go up against. And that second level is led by Alex Anzalone. And he's one of those linebackers that you really have to key uh, before every play. He he can play sideline to sideline football. He's very physical, smart guy in the middle of that defense. And I think he's the straw that stirs the drink. Aiden Hutchinson is probably the biggest name on the defense. Um, but Anzalone is is the key to that defense, just, just by watching them, uh, not even just this year, but uh, last year as well. So, look, they're, they're a tough defense. They're a smart defense. Um, and it's not very often that they do things that is going to beat themselves. And they're good at forcing turnovers. Um, that, help, that has helped their offense a lot this year, giving them short fields and or, or just a good field position to begin with. Um, so I, I do think this defense, while they don't have the sexiest names on there as a unit, like you said, I mean, what, fourth you said in DVOA? I mean, that they, they are a tough unit. And like I said, they, they can kind of lure you to sleep because there may not be too many household names over there. But them as a group, they, they play really well together. Yeah, my concern is this. Um, the Lions are only giving up 3.3 yards per carry. It is uh, third overall, and they are seventh in terms of completion percentage, only behind the Baltimore Ravens. Well, not only behind, but behind the Baltimore Ravens at 60.8% um, completion. So they are very well-rounded over there. I am not really sure what you can attack specifically because they defend the pass as well as the run very well. But the the one thing that I will say that you can have some positive thoughts about is that we had the same conversation against the Browns, right? I mean, literally just a couple of weeks ago, oh, we're not really sure what they're going to be able to do, you know, and at first it was looking a little, a, a little rough. But ultimately, the Ravens offense started to get the ball rolling and they ended up scoring 28 points. Yes, it did. The first set, uh, uh, the first touchdown did lead by a turnover, but nonetheless, they still scored seven as opposed to three. So, you know, this this is the, the Ravens bread and butter for the most part does feel like it is the run game. So do you think that passing to set up the run is ideal in this situation or do you stick to what it is that you know which is i'm going to run the ball i I don't care i'm going to try to still you know run it down their throats and then when the passes are there they're there yeah i think that's going to be their philosophy really against every team i mean they they do want they do still want to run the football um but it, if, if it's not going to be their day on the ground, I mean, they've shown that they will start trying to attack through the air and they've had success through the air this year. I mean, that they, they've been good throwing the football. So I don't have a problem with them doing that. Um, I, I just think the Ravens want to stay as balanced as possible. And the good thing is when they have a guy like Lamar, it does make it easy to stay balanced because the run game will never not be a part of the offense. I don't ever see that being the case, especially while John Harbaugh is the head coach. I mean, they're going to run the football. Um, the, the question is, how are these backs going to produce this week? I mean, are we going to see more Keaton Mitchell uh, out there this week? I would not be surprised if Keaton Mitchell gets an opportunity or two uh, to make a play this week because 
I think they want to start getting some of these chunk plays on the ground from some of their backs. And Justice Hill hasn't been great in pass protection. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you got Gus Edwards, who was had probably one of his worst games on this past Sunday. It's not. I don't want to make it seem like that's how he's been all year. Um, but he averaged less than three yards a carry on Sunday. That's not Gus Edwards s right there. So um, I, I do think the door is open for Keaton Mitchell to get opportunities on the ground. Melvin Gordon. Well, he's. He, uh, I don't think Melvin Gordon. I will because they. If they brought Melvin Gordon back up, he'd have to be on the active roster. Well, yes, that's true. So that so from that perspective, you don't that's a decision, like you said, if you're gonna make that, then yeah, I mean that's that's you gotta stick with it. Yeah. I would imagine that they're gonna wanna give Keaton Mitchell a shot to see what he can do before they go the route of bringing Melvin Gordon back up to this active roster. Because remember, Keaton Mitchell made the team over Melvin Gordon. So it's they've shown you that they do like him more than Gordon. So I think bef- before they were before they're going to go that route of bringing Gordon back and signing him on the active roster, I think they're going to at least want to see what Keaton Mitchell can give them since they they basically chose him over Gordon. And I don't even have a problem with that either. I don't either. Um, in terms of the offensive line, because they've been up and down. Let's be honest. Uh, they have had good moments. They have had bad moments. Um, and um, John Simpson is still trying to find his way. It mm-hmm. is just that simple. Um, if you are Todd Munkin, what is it that you do that you can protect your quarterback um, against this pass rush that you mentioned that is anchored by uh, Aiden Hutchinson and company to try to make sure that, you know, he can get these the, the plays extended or the plays off without being touched or at I mean, least close enough, you know? Yeah, I mean, it would help if the Ravens passing attack was able to get into a timing rhythm and get the ball out of Lamar's hands quick because that's ultimately what they do want to do. Um, that, that's the source of this passing offense is to be on time. They haven't really been a timing offense this year. And you do got to wonder if they'll ever be a timing passing offense because that's maybe that's just not Lamar's game, it seems like. I mean, that's just not what he does. He wants to extend the play. He wants to use his legs. He wants to give guys a chance to – you know, if it's not there initially, all right, what's going, you know, let Zay or somebody try to take the top off the defense at that point in the scramble drill. So the timing aspect of the passing game may be a lost cause. I don't know. It, it just, like I said, it just doesn't seem like that's Lamar's forte, but that would go into helping the offensive line when it comes to the pass rush. Also, I think they're going to continue to do some of the things that we've seen them do, bring in Patrick Ricard to help him to, to have him help and give some guys some chip blocks or yeah. uh, to, to, to be that extra pass blocker in the backfield. Because like I said before, justice Hill has been struggling. I don't know how much they uh, like Gus Edwards as a pass protection back in the backfield. I don't know how much they like Keaton Mitchell in pass protection as well. I mean, he hasn't even played a game yet this year. So um, at least on offense. So I, I don't, the good thing is you have Lamar, you have his legs. I mean, that right there buys you extra time. Um, but you don't want to live off that, obviously. Um, you do want to give your quarterback some time. And you, when you got guys like Morgan Moses who's still a little banged up and 
trying to play through that and Ronnie Stanley and his ankle. And it hasn't been a great year for Stanley to this point. You mentioned um, uh, uh, John Simpson over there at guard. It's been an up and down year for him as well. So you would like to get some consistency from the guys on that front line. Also, health is playing a, a big factor. But I've said all year that the Ravens have played down to their competition. And when they you brought up the Cleveland game, they seemed up for that game, going up against the number one defense in the league. And maybe, and I think you just have to hope a little bit that that's a little bit of what happens this week against Detroit, is that they understand the task at hand. They understand that they're playing a five and one team and they, they're ready to go out there and play their best football. Yeah, I mean, look, we've always attested that the Ravens typically do play to their opponents, so um, this is a really good one, and it's very possible that, you know, once again, they'll find their way of uh, playing to the strength of their opponent, uh, their opponent, which is very strong. So we will see if they decide to uplift themselves and be consistent on offense come Sunday. Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball, Cordell, and back to the DVOA stats. Um, Look, the Ravens are, from a defensive perspective, they're ranked number two overall, okay? I mean, this is a team that has played a unit, excuse me, that has played very well. Um, And things that we were concerned about coming into the season at the moment feels like it is uh, secondary issues. Mike McDonald said, I got this. Don't worry about it. You know, second in the league in sacks, they are really doing their thing. And again, um, DVOA, they are overall two. And the Detroit offense overall is number three. And so, um, this is an interesting matchup, right? Because this one feels a little bit more balanced in terms of what each team can do to their opponent, right? We've seen what the Lions have been able to do offensively. Um, they do have some injuries on, on offense that you are concerned about. Uh, I believe Montgomery did not practice. Um, they said he has some bruised ribs. They don't, they, he could potentially be missing some time. Gibbs is trying to find his way back. Um, St. Brown did, did St. Brown play? I know he was dealing with an injury as well. He was, but he was dealing with an injury going into that game. Mm -hmm. So there are some, some concerns there um, for the lions offense. Um, as the Ravens appear to start getting healthier, uh, we saw Away back at practice this week. Not sure if that means he's going to play, but him being at practice this week is a good sign nonetheless. And um, while Marcus Williams is going to be out, it doesn't feel like it's a huge loss because, number one, you know, he had not he had only played a couple of games anyway. And Geno Stone has played exceptionally well um, in his place. So when you look at this matchup, which to me feels more even keeled. Uh, what is it that you expect from this Ravens defense to do to keep the Lions uh, basically at bay? <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to try to make them one dimensional as best as they can. They're going to take that run. They're going to first things first, try to stop the run. It's, you know, it's a positive for the Ravens. I guess that it looks like David Montgomery is going to miss some time. Um, Jameer Gibbs did practice on Wednesday, so he at least looks like he may have a shot to play. And if he doesn't, it's something to watch for because the third string back, Craig Reynolds, 
he missed practice with a hamstring and a toe injury. So if if Gibbs isn't able to go, they're going they and 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 Reynolds continues to trend in the way that he's going. I mean, they could have some big time question marks at the running back position. That changes their offense dramatically. Dramatically. This is a team that does like to play under center a lot. Um, they live off the play action pass. Jared Goff historically throughout his career has been one of the best play action quarterbacks in the NFL. And he's one of the better back to the defense play action quarterbacks. That that's, that's one of the toughest ones to stop. And they're able to do that from under center. So if the Ravens are able to take that run game away, and, and I think Jadavian Clowney talked a, uh, a little bit about this when we spoke to him on Wednesday, Try to get them out of that under center stuff as best as you can. And you do that by shutting the rundown. And now you get them in shotgun. Now you get them in positions to where they're off schedule. They're in second and longs. They're in third and longs. And that you've taken that play option, that play action option away from them. Now you're allowing your pass rusher to kind of just go and get after the quarterback. And Jared Goff now has a tougher assignment trying to read the field, trying to get time to even find his receivers. And um, so so I think that's the number one thing for this defense. They have to stop the run and try to make this team one-dimensional. Tough thing to do, but the injuries may be something that helps them uh, in that regard. Secondly, this secondary right now um, is going to um, have to definitely – they're going to have their hands full a little bit. I mean, going up against Amarase Brown, I know they went up against the, the Bengals earlier in the year. Um, they they did a very good job on Jamar Chase that day. Uh, T. Higgins was the one to kind of give them the business in that game with the two touchdowns. So what do they decide to do with this one? Amara St. Brown likes to line up in the slot a lot. So is this going to be a game where we see more Marlon Humphrey playing yeah. the nickel? Or is this going to, you know, maybe a, a game where it's Marlon and maybe Kyle Hamilton is playing a lot more in the nickel as well? Uh, but whoever they're putting on, St. Brown is the number one guy that you have to stop with that offense. And he lines up inside and out. And he's an incredible route runner. He's got deceptive speed and he's got great hands. Um, and he's been really good this year after the catch. So that's something that they've got to, they, they're going to have to put a lid on. And for the most part this year, they've done a good job of limiting the big plays, especially in the past game. So this will be their biggest test, but it's not just St. Brown. Jamison Williams came back last week, had a touchdown. He's shown to be a big play guy right off the bat. That's a different level of speed yeah. than maybe that they have gone against to this point. In the season, um, Laporta has also played well. Their tight end, Laporta's been a killer. He's been yep. a killer. And so you look at guys like Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, you you feel good about those matchups. I feel like if you're the Ravens, as good as Laporta's been this year, they have a couple of guys that they can put on him in yeah. various situations for those short to intermediate routes. Um, so. It, I do think the Ravens have the versatility. This is the this is when the versatility on the defensive side of the ball will come into play to help them this week when you've got all these different weapons on the Lions offense that you have to try to game plan to stop. The Ravens do have the bodies to throw at them, but I, I think the matchup to watch will definitely be, um, A, the wide receivers 
versus the secondary. Not necessarily looking at Laporta versus the linebackers and the safety. I do think that'll be a key matchup. But I think where the Lions can kind of stretch the Ravens thin is with their wide receiver group against the Ravens secondary because they do utilize all their wide receivers. Josh Reynolds could get a ball. Yep. Uh, Marvin, jo- Marvin uh, Jones Jr. could still get a ball. I mean, he's out there still. So, I mean, it's no telling who they're going to look to to get the ball to because Jared Goff will spread the ball around. But I also think the other matchup to watch is that Lions offensive line slash Jared Goff against the Ravens pass rushers. The Ravens are tied for number one in the league in sacks right now. Jared Goff is one of the least sack quarterbacks in the NFL. So how does that end up playing out? Golf does a good job of play action. He also does a good job of getting the ball out of his hands quick. So can the coverage hold up long enough to maybe get some covered sacks or can that pass rush, which has been so good, even if it's just clowny getting Jared Goff off his spot and doing what he's done and just being disruptive, um, that that'll go a long way. So It'll be tough to get to him because, like I said, he's one of the least sack quarterbacks in the league. But if the Ravens can do that, matched with forcing them to go one-dimensional, I I think they'll have a good day. Yeah, because for me, when you mention one-dimensional, it's like, well, them running the ball, if Montgomery doesn't play, to me, is not necessarily something I would be scared of. It's the passing game that I'm, I think, more concerned about. So for me, it's is it are they able to rattle golf Back there, I said golf, <laughs> but <laughs> golf. Sorry, I, can I? Can they rattle golf back there? You know, um, behind the line and get him uncomfortable. You know, enough to make some bad decisions. To me, that to me, I don't know how you make Detroit one dimensional in terms of forcing them to run because you've shut down the pass. But the Ravens have good defensive backs. They have, again, good linebackers that can cover the tight end situation. So it's not impossible. It's just not something that we've seen, I guess, for four quarters coming from this defense. But I will say that, you know, the Bengals is a good example of a team that is really good from a wide receiver perspective when you look at the the talent that they have on that roster. And the Ravens, when they're healthy, historically, they don't really let the Bengals get behind them. They keep the Bengals in front of them. So maybe that is one of the imp- more important things. If if they're going to get off, it's only going to be from a short and intermediate perspective, but the deep ball is something that they're not successful in. So it will be interesting to see. Go ahead, Cordell. No, I was just going to say, and like just to that point that you just mentioned about the short to intermediate, that's kind of where they like to live anyway. Right. A lot of St. Brown's passes, they're over the middle. Right. Short to immediate. Same with Laporta. Williams, they, I mean, he just got back last week, but he's clearly their deep threat guy. Josh Reynolds can do both as well. So I, I think it's, they force you to cover the whole field. The whole field, right. And that's the thing. But to your point, the Ravens have done a really good job this year of not giving up the big plays in the passing game, not letting guys get behind them. It's just in this one, they're going to have to tackle in space because St. Brown is just so good at finding those vacated areas in the zone. And like I said, he's been so good after the catch. If he does catch it, they're going to have to bring him down in space because he could turn a, you know, a first down into a possible touchdown. Yep. So that, that part will definitely be interesting to see. All right, it's decision time. It is decision time, Cordell. Again, um, Lions are ranked 
second overall DVOA. The Ravens are ranked sixth. So um, these are two very good football teams, despite the fact that the Ravens have not maximized their full potential on offense. I think people still see that this team can get the ball rolling at some point uh, offensively. Um, but ultimately, these are two really good teams. We know that Lions fans have been traveling a lot lately. They call themselves the Blue Wave. I really would love for you guys uh, that are going to the game on Sunday to not sell your tickets to people that are not Ravens fans. Um, the Ravens have not been there in a month, it feels like. I mean, it's essentially been four weeks, I think, since their last game at MNC Bank Stadium. So it has been a while. Tyus Bowser uh, had a Jadavian Clowney on his uh, show, and Jadavian said, come and be loud, you know, get, get lit. Don't allow them to – don't get comfortable. Don't be silent. You know, make sure that you guys are up for 60 minutes uh, in, in order to help the defense do some things. So when you look at this matchup, and it is going to be an interesting matchup, mm-hmm. Ravens are three-point uh, favorites, which usually that goes, you know, that's the home team. If they feel like that the home team is halfway decent, you're going to get three points anyway. But I would not be surprised if somehow, some way, this line moves down a little bit and even becomes a push. It is just so hard. I go back and forth about who I want to pick um, win this game. So I'll go with you first, Cordell. Who are you picking for Sunday's game? Yeah, I, I don't even That's know. How, I didn't like that yet yeah, coming from you. So I don't know. I, I don't know, guys. Don't, don't think it's gonna be what you think it's gonna be. I mean, I'm I'm literally trying to decide it as I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> I'm literally trying to come up with a score. All right, um, go you, ahead. You can make an argument for both of these teams. Yep. Honestly, you this is one of those toss-up games, and I know right now the line is at three, but it, it is a pick'em game in my mind. Um, I, I think, like I said before, I do think the Ravens play to the level of their competition. Yep. The Ravens haven't been good at home. I think I looked up the stat uh, over the last, I want to say, maybe three years. The Ravens right now are 11-8 and eight in M&T Bank Stadium, which isn't terrible, but it isn't great. It's not right. a true home field advantage type of record right there. Um, and so... I look at this Lions team that is coming off a nice road win against the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I know people may be skeptical of the Bucks, but the Bucks only had one loss going into that game. Um, and the, the Lions kind of manhandled them in that one. Uh, I look at the Ravens who were able to hold off the Titans last week, started strong and didn't finish probably the way that they would have liked. That's been a problem for them all year, I think, is finishing games. Um, and maybe that is going to be the deciding factor in this one. Maybe that, uh, is what it's going to be. Will this be the first time that the Ravens finish a game this year, truly finish a game? Um, and I think it could be, so I'll go with the Ravens. Um, I'll take the Ravens 26 to 23. I think they win it off the leg of Justin Tucker again against Detroit. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I definitely, I, I do think that this is a very hard game. And, and it is something that 
I have gone back and forth with as well. But everything that you said is essentially how I feel. I do think that the Ravens play to their competition, which means that they're going to have to really step it up. I think that even though that you mentioned the statistics about how they play at home, I think that them not being at home for so long allows them to be fired up. Um, let's remember, it is also Ring of Honor Sunday that yeah. Terrell Suggs is being inducted. So there's some motivation there as well. I don't know if you guys remember this. I want to say this was like, it could have been the late 2000s or the early 2010s when um Terosa has got ejected from a game against the Detroit Lions because he said he had malice in his heart. That was what um, Mike Carey said when they ejected him. Uh, I'll never forget that. Okay, so I'm sure Sis doesn't forget that either. And he is probably pissed at the Detroit Lions to this day about that whole situation. So I'm sure when he talks to those guys to pump them up, he's going to be like, do this for me because I got ejected for some BS that really was stupid and you ain't give me no real good explanation malice in his heart was the explanation and um so i expect um this team to be fired up i expect this crowd to be into it you, you have not seen your home team in a month you know get out there cheer for them and don't allow whatever wave is is coming, which I don't expect it to be like a huge blue wave, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but th- whatever wave is coming, don't allow them to 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 be the louder ones in that stadium. So I, I'm with you. I do think that um, this is going to be a game where the Ravens finally step up and play well offensively. And I I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say 27-24, also with a Justin Tucker field goal to win the game at the end. So um, both of us are picking the Ravens, and it has nothing to do with them being at home. Like you said, it, it has nothing to do with that. It really has everything to do with the fact that the Ravens, This is it's week seven. seven. Mm-hmm. It's time for the Ravens to start playing up to their potential. And what better way for them to do that than to play against an opponent that's really going to force them to play up to their potential. All of those times that they ended up in field goal range or the red zone last week against the Titans and coming up with three points, unacceptable. And hopefully they'll find some better ways to get into the end zone uh, this coming Sunday against the Detroit Lions because you're going to need it. You're going to need the points, okay? Yep. So go ahead and get that done. And uh, – Cordell and I are both picking the Ravens to win. Hopefully we are right. I mean, I'm just, they need it. (laughs) They they, they need it. They do need it. Um, And they need a good, they need a win with, uh, they've gotten, look, they're four and two. That's nothing to talk about. Um, But I I just think they need a complete team win. That's, I, I really think that's what they need. The defense has been there more times than not. Offensively, they're looking to take that next step. And, you know, maybe this is the week where Lamar and Rashad Bateman are on the same page. Maybe this is the week where Odell Beckham makes, you know, multiple good plays. Right, right. You know, who knows? This this type of game, you're going to need all hands on deck. You're going to need your better players to be your better players. This could be the day. I hope that you and I are both correct and that we'll be having a post-game podcast 
on some good terms and not talking about um, what they could have done to win and, you know, all this other stuff. So I'll take an ugly win any day over a beautiful loss, by the way. So I don't really care how you get it done. Just make sure that you get it done. Again, Cordell and I will be recapping the game um, on Sunday. We'll be having our post-game podcast so look out for that. Luna, thank you all for checking us out. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.